section twenty three of the lane that had no turning this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. read by michelle fry baton rouge louisiana the lane that had no turning and other tales concerning the people of pontiac by gilbert parker the baron of beauregard the manor house at beauregard monsieur ah certainly i mind it very well it was the first in quebec and there are many tales it had a chapel and a gallows its baron he had the power of life and death and the right of the seigneur you understand which he used only once and then what trouble it made for him and the woman and the barony and the parish and all the country what is the whole story larue said medallion who had spent months in the seigneur's company stalking game and tales and legends of the st lawrence larue spoke english very well his mother was english mais i do not know for sure but the abbe fronton he and i were snowed up together in that same house which now belongs to the church and in the big fireplace where we sat on a bench toasting our knees and our bacon he told me the tale as he knew it he was a great scholar there was none greater he had found papers in the wall of the house and from the government chest he got more then there were the tales handed down and the records of the church for she knew the true story of every man that has come to new france from first to last so because i have a taste for tales and gave him some he told me of the baron of beauregard and that time he took the right of the seigneur and the end of it all of course it was a hundred and fifty years ago when bigot was intendant ah what a rascal was that bigot robber and deceiver he never stood by a friend and never fought fair a foe so the abbe said well beauregard was no longer young he had built the manor house he had put up his gallows he had his vassals he had been made a lord he had quarrelled with bigot and had conquered but at great cost for bigot had such power and the governor had trouble enough to care for himself against bigot though he was beauregard's friend well there was a good lump of a fellow who had been a soldier and he picked out a girl in the seigneury of beauregard to make his wife it is said the girl herself was not set for the man for she was of finer stuff than the peasants about her and showed it but her father and mother had a dozen other children and what was this girl this falice to do she said yes to the man the time was fixed for the marriage and it came along so at the very hour of the wedding beauregard came by for the church was in mending and he had given leave it should be in his own chapel well he rode by just as the bride was coming out with the man garoche when beauregard saw felice he gave a whistle then spoke in his throat reined up his horse and got down he fastened his eyes on the girls 
a strange look passed between them he had never seen her before but she had seen him often and when he was gone had helped the housekeepers with his rooms she had carried away with her a stray glove of his of course it sounds droll and they said of her when all came out that it was wicked but evil is according to a man's own heart and the girl had hid this glove as she hid whatever was in her soul hid it even from the priest well the baron looked and she looked and he took off his hat stepped forward and kissed her on the cheek she turned pale as a ghost and her eyes took the colour that her cheeks lost when he stepped back he looked close at the husband what is your name he said garouche monsieur le baron was the reply garouche garouche he said eyeing him up and down you have been a soldier yes monsieur le baron you have served with me against you monsieur le baron when bigot came fighting better against me than for me said the baron speaking to himself so he had so strong a voice that what he said could be heard by those near him that is those who were tall for he was six and a half feet with legs and shoulders like a bull he stooped and stroked the head of his hound for a moment and all the people stood and watched him wondering what next at last he said and what part played you in that siege garouche garouche looked troubled but answered it was in the way of duty monsieur le baron i with five others captured the relief party sent from your cousin the seigneur of vadrome oh said the baron looking sharp you were in that were you then you know what happened to the young marmette garouche trembled a little but drew himself up and said monsieur le baron i tried to kill the intendant there was no other way what part played you in that garouche some trembled for they knew the truth and they feared the mad will of the baron i ordered the firing party monsieur le baron he answered the baron's eyes got fierce and his face hardened but he stooped and drew the ears of the hound through his hand softly marmette was my cousin's son and had lived with me he said a brave lad and he had a nice hatred of vileness else he had not died a strange smile played on his lips for a moment then he looked at felice steadily who can tell what was working in his mind war is war he went on and bigot was your master garouche but a man pays for his master's sins this way or that yet i would not have it different no not a jot then he turned round to the crowd raised his hat to the cure who stood on the chapel steps once more looked steadily at felice and said you shall all come to the manor house and have your feastings there and we will drink to the homecoming of the fairest woman in my barony with that he turned round bowed to felice put on his hat caught the bridle through his arm and led his horse to the manor house this was in the afternoon of course whether they wished it or not garouche and felice could not refuse and the people were glad enough 
for they would have a free hand at meat and wine the baron being liberal of table and it was as they guessed for though the time was so short the people at beauregard soon had the tables heavy with food and drink it was just at the time of candle-lighting the baron came in and gave a toast to the dwellers in eden to-night he said eden against the time of the angel and the sword i do not think that any except the cure and the woman understood and she may be only because a woman feels the truth about a thing even when her brain does not after they had done shouting to his toast he said a good night to all and they began to leave the cure among the first to go with a troubled look on his face as the people left the baron said to garouche and felice a moment with me before you go the woman started for she thought of one thing and garouche started for he thought of another the siege of beauregard and the killing of young marmet but they followed the baron to his chamber coming in he shut the door on them then he turned to garouche you will accept the roof and bed of beauregard to-night my man he said and come to me here at nine to-morrow morning garouche stared hard for an instant stay here said garouche felice and me stay here in the manor monsieur le baron here even here garouche so good night to you said the baron garouche turned towards the girl then come felice he said and reached out his hand your room shall be shown you at once the baron added softly the ladies at her pleasure then a cry burst from garouche and he sprang forward but the baron waved him back stand off he said and let the lady choose between us she is my wife said garouche i am your seigneur said the other and there is more than that he went on for damn me she is too fine stuff for you and the church shall untie what she has tied to-day at that felice fainted and the baron caught her as she fell he laid her on a couch keeping an eye on garouche the while loose her gown he said while i get brandy then he turned to the cupboard poured liquor and came over garouche had her dress open at the neck and bosom and was staring at something on her breast the baron saw also stooped with a strange sound in his throat and picked it up my glove he said and on her wedding day he pointed there on the table is its mate fished this morning from my hunting coat a pair the governor gave me you see man you see her choice at that he stooped and put some brandy to her lips garouche drew back sick and numb he did nothing only stared felice came to herself soon and when she felt her dress open gave a cry garouche could have killed her then when he saw her shudder from him as if afraid over towards the baron who held the glove in his hand and said see garouche you had better go in the next room they will tell you where to sleep Tomorrow, as I said, you will meet me here. We shall have things to say, you and I. Ah, that baron, he had a queer mind, but in truth he loves a woman, as you shall see. Garouche got up without a word, went to the door and opened it. 
the eyes of the baron and the woman following him for there was a devil in his eye in the other room there were men waiting and he was taken to a chamber and locked in you can guess what that night must have been to him what was it to the baron and felice asked medallion monsieur what do you think beauregard had never had an eye for women loving his hounds fighting quarrelling doing wild strong things so all at once he was face to face with a woman who has the look of love in her face who was young and fine of body so the abbe said and was walking to marriage at her father's will and against her own carrying the baron's glove in her bosom what should beauregard do but no ah no monsieur not as you think not quite wild with a bit in his teeth yes but at heart well here was the one woman for him he knew it all in a minute and he would have her once and for all until death should come their way and so he said to her as he raised her she drawing back afraid her heart hungering for him yet fear in her eyes and her fingers trembling as she softly pushed him from her you see she did not quite know what was in his heart she was the daughter of a tenant vassal who had lived in the family of the grand seigneur in her youth the friend of his child that was all and that was where she got her manners and her mind she got on her feet and said monsieur le baron you will let me go to my husband i cannot stay here oh you are great you are noble you would not make me sorry make me hate myself and you i have only one thing in the world of any price you would not steal my happiness he looked at her steadily in the eyes and said will it make you happy to go to gauche she raised her hands and wrung them god knows i am his wife she said helplessly and he loves me and god knows god knows said the baron it is all a question of whether one shall feed and two go hungry or two gather and one have the stubble shall not he stand in the stubble what has he done to merit you what would he do you are for the master not the man for love not the feeding on for the manor-house and the hunt not the cottage and the loom she broke into tears her heart thumping in her throat i am for what the church did for me this day she said oh sir i pray you forgive me and let me go do not punish me but forgive me and let me go i was wicked to wear your glove wicked wicked but no was his reply i shall not forgive you so good a deed and you shall not go and what the church did for you this day she shall undo by all the saints she shall you came sailing into my heart this hour past on a strong wind and you shall not slide out on an ebb tide i have you here as your seigneur but i have you here as a man who will he sat down by her at that point and whispered softly in her ear at which she gave a little cry which had both gladness and pain surely even that he said catching her to his breast and the baron of beauregard never broke his word what should be her reply does not a woman when she truly loves always believe is that the great sign 
she slid to her knees and dropped her head into the hollow of his arm i do not understand these things she said but i know that the other was death and this is life and yet i know too for my heart says so that the end the end will be death tut tut my flower my wild rose he said of course the end of all is death but we will go a-maying first come october and let the world break over us when it must we are for maying now my rose of all the world it was as if he meant more than he said as if he saw what would come in that october which all new friends never forgot when as he said the world broke over them the next morning the baron called garouche to him the man was like some mad buck harried by the hounds and he gnashed his teeth behind his shut lips the baron eyed him curiously yet kindly too as well he might for when was ever man to hear such a speech as came to garouche the morning after his marriage garouche the baron said having waved his men away as you see the lady made her choice and for ever you and she have said your last farewell in this world for the wife of the baron of beauregard can have nothing to say to garouche the soldier at that garouche snarled out the wife of the baron of beauregard that is a lie to shame all hell the baron wound the lash of a riding-whip round and round his fingers quietly and said it is no lie my man but the truth garouche eyed him savagely and growled the church made her my wife yesterday and you 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 ah you who had all you with your money and place which could get all easy you take the one thing i have you the grand seigneur are only a common robber ah jesus if you would but fight me the baron very calm said first garouche the lady was only your wife by a form which the church shall set aside it could never have been a true marriage secondly it is no stealing to take from you what you did not have i took what was mine remember the glove for the rest to fight you no my churl you know that's impossible you may shoot me from behind a tree or a rock but sorting with you come come a pretty gossip for the court then why wish a fight where would you be as you stood before me you the baron stretched himself up and smiled down at garouche you have your life man take it and go to the farthest corner of new france and show not your face here again if i find you ever again in beauregard i will have you whipped from parish to parish here is money for you good gold coins take them and go garouche got still and cold as stone he said in a low harsh voice monsieur le baron you are a common thief a wolf a snake such men as you come lower than judas as god has an eye to see you shall pay all one day i do not fear you nor your men nor your gallows you are a jackal and the woman has a filthy heart a ditch of shame 
the baron drew up his arm like lightning and the lash of his whip came singing across garrosh's pale face where it passed a red welt rose but the man never stirred the arm came up again but a voice behind the baron said ah no no not again there stood felice both men looked at her i have heard garrosh she said he does not judge me right my heart is no filthy ditch of shame but it was breaking when i came from the altar with him yesterday yet i would have been a true wife to him after all a ditch of shame ah garouche garouche you have said you loved me and that nothing could change you the baron said to her why have you come valise i forbade you oh my lord she answered i feared for you both when men go mad because of women a devil enters into them the baron taking her hand said permit me and he led her to the door for her to pass out she looked back sadly at garouche standing for a minute very still then garouche said i command you come with me you are my wife she did not reply but shook her head at him then he spoke out high and fierce may no child be born to you may a curse fall on you may your field be barren and your horses and cattle die may you never see nor hear good things may the waters leave their courses to drown you and the hills their bases to bury you and no hand lay you in decent graves the woman put her hand to her ears and gave a little cry and the baron pushed her gently on and closed the door after her then he turned on garouche have you said all you wish he asked for if not say on and then go and go so far that you cannot see the sky that covers beauregard we are even now we can cry quits but that i have a little injured you you should be done for instantly but hear me if i ever see you again my gallows shall end you straight your tongue has been gross before the mistress of this manor i will have it torn out if it so much as syllables her name to me or to the world again she is dead to you go and go for ever he put a bag of money on the table but garouche turned away from it and without a word left the room and the house and the parish and said nothing to any man of the evils that had come to him but what talk was there and what dreadful things were said at first that garouche had sold his wife to the baron that he had been killed and his wife taken that the baron kept him a prisoner in a cellar under the manor-house and all the time there was felice with the baron very quiet and sweet and fine to see and going to chapel every day and to mass on sundays which no one could understand any more than they could see why she should be called the baroness of beauregard for had they not all seen her married to garouche and there were many people who thought her vile yet truly at heart she was not so not at all then it was said that there was to be a new marriage that the church would let it be so doing and undoing and doing again but weeks and months went by and it was never done for powerful as the baron was bigot the intendant was powerful also and fought the thing with all his might 
the baron went to quebec to see the bishop and the governor and though promises were made nothing was done it must go to the king and then to the pope and from the pope to the king again and so on and the months and the years went by as they waited and with them came no child to the manor house of beauregard that was the only sad thing that and the waiting so far as man could see for never were man and woman truer to each other than these and never was a lady of the manor kinder to the poor or a lord freer of hand to his vassals he would bluster sometimes and string a peasant up by the heels but his gallows were never used and what was much in the minds of the people the cure did not refuse the woman the sacrament at last the baron fierce because he knew that bigot was the cause of the great delay so that he might not call felice his wife seized a transport on the river which had been sent to brutally levy upon a poor gentleman and when bigot's men resisted shut them down then bigot sent against beauregard a company of artillery and some soldiers of the line the guns were placed on a hill looking down on the manor house across the little river in the evenings the cannons arrived and in the morning the fight was to begin the guns were loaded and everything was ready at the manor all was making ready also and the baron had no fear but felice's heart was heavy she knew not why eugene she said if anything should happen nonsense my felice he answered what should happen if if you were taken were killed she said nonsense my rose he said again i shall not be killed but if i were you should be at peace here ah no no she said never life to me is only possible with you i have had nothing but you none of those things which give peace to other women none but i have been very happy oh yes very happy and god forgive me eugene i cannot regret and i never have but it has been always and always my prayer that when you die i may die with you at the same moment for i cannot live without you and besides i would like to go to the good god with you to speak for us both for oh i loved you i loved you and i love you still my husband my adored he stooped he was so big and she but of middle height kissed her and said see my felice i am of the same mind we have been happy in life and we could well be happy in death together so they sat long long into the night and talked to each other of the days they had passed together of cheerful things she trying to comfort herself and he trying to bring smiles to her lips at last they said good-night and he lay down in his clothes and after a few moments she was sleeping like a child but he could not sleep for he lay thinking of her and of her life how she had come from humble things and fitted in with the highest at last at break of day he arose and went outside he looked up at the hill where bigot's two guns were men were already stirring there one man was standing beside the gun and another not far behind of course the baron could not know that the man behind the gunner said 
yes you may open the dance with an early salute and the baron smiled up boldly at the hill and went into the house and stole to the bed of his wife to kiss her before he began the day's fighting he looked at her a moment standing over her and then stooped and softly put his lips to hers at that moment the gunner up on the hill used the match and an awful thing happened with a loud roar the whole hillside of rock and gravel and sand split down not ten feet in front of the gun moved with horrible swiftness upon the river filled its bed turned it from its course and sweeping on swallowed the manor-house of beauregard there had been a crack in the hill the water of the river had sapped its foundations it needed only this shock to send it down and so as the woman wished the same hour for herself and the man and when at last their prison was opened by the hands of bigot's men they were found cheek to cheek bound in the sacred marriage of death but another had gone the same road for at the awful moment beside the bursting gun the dying gunner garouche lifted up his head saw the loose travelling hill and said with his last breath the waters drown them and the hills bury them and uh, he had his way with them and after that perhaps the great god had his way with him perhaps end of section twenty three the baron of beauregard